What a joy to be able to go and be able to, uh, to represent our church, to represent you. And um, so, amen. Thank you. Thank you all for giving. This will be the last Sunday that we will be taking up an offer. I know that our Tim initially said, you're eating in church, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> you, got, you got some more? Okay. I know it is going to be a long day. I, I, I don't know why that I'm, you know, that I'm the last person to get up here, and I look at the clock, and I'm going, okay, I have enough here for three sermons, usually, so I don't know how I'm going to get it through at all. But that's okay. We'll share what God wants to share today. Amen. Okay. Is that good? Okay. Yeah. You want to see if God will multiply it this morning? That'd be really cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> Amen. All right. The sermon. Oh, yeah, the sermon. Yeah. <laughs> the last, uh, since beginning of September, we, uh, we be, have begun a fall series, sermon series, called Living a Powerful Life. And what I, what I love about this, because uh, each of us, different ones, are getting up and sharing. So you're receiving something different. It's not just me or not just Rifle or whatever, but Rifle, myself, or Tim, Manny. Uh, we're going to get Bill Francovilla up here soon, wherever Bill is. There you are, Bubba. And uh, let him share. Wayman, different ones. So um, so we, wait a minute, they're going, really? <laughs> <laughs> So it's really been great being able to share. Last Sunday I shared on, you know, because we, we, we try to imagine what, what does that look like? What does it look like for me to live a powerful life? And so last week I, I shared on uh, a way that it looks like you're living a powerful life when you live beyond yourself. It's not about you. That life is not about you and you getting everything you need and Everything bad in your life. God promises if you seek first the kingdom of God, what? All the things that you need, have need of, it's going to be, it's going to be richly supplied to you. So that should never be a concern, never should be a worry, you know. But God says that, that when, when we, uh, when we uh, are living outside of ourselves, living from the inside out, living outside of ourselves and people become more important than us, something amazing happens in our life. So we talked about last week living beyond yourself. And so this week I want to talk a little bit about, God gave, gave this to me as I was praying this week, is being a warrior of encouragement. Being a warrior of encouragement. When you think about a warrior, just picture in your mind, you think of someone that is probably pretty strong, battle-tested. They, they have success in what they do. And God wants that same thing in us as we're ministering to other people. Someone once said, I heard this, he says, be careful how you treat people. Treat them always with kindness because you never know the battle they are going through. And how powerful that is. You know, I look out, I, I have no idea the battles that you're going through. But I guarantee you, some of you are going through battles right now. Some of you this week that you're, that uh, there's no battle, but next week there will be a battle. It is something that's guaranteed in life that we are going to be, we're going to be engaged in conflict. We're going to be engaged in battles until we get to heaven. It's just the way it is. We understand the enemy has been defeated, praise God, but he's going to try to deceive you to make you think that he has it. And he's going to accuse you and he's going to condemn you and he's going to bring all sorts of things in you to try to discourage you to make you think that he has the upper hand. But he doesn't. I tell you, the, the, the price that Jesus paid for you and I has caused us to be victorious. Amen? That we are to live in victory. 
But I want to tell you that sometimes that, that victory has to, be, has to be walked out and walked out over our difficulties, problems, battles that we have in life. And so everybody's going through something. Everybody is engaged in a conflict somewhere. How many, just think about it this way. How many of you, in some manner this week, you were encouraged? Just lift your hand. Okay. Keep your hands, keep your hands up. Now I want you to look around. All right. How important to be operating in a ministry of encouragement is. How vital it is. How many of you needed to be encouraged? All of us again. It is something that needs to happen. In Ephesians chapter 6, it's in your bulletin there, verse 10 through 12. It says here, finally be strong in the Lord. That is God's desire. That is God's will. Be strong in me. Be strong in me and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So we're all engaged in a conflict, and we desperately need one another. Great story of David found in 2 Samuel Chapter 21, verse 15, tells us about this. David has been, has been king for a while, and he's going back out to battle against the Philistines. And this time, it says David, as he's engaged in battle, he becomes weary. Becomes weary, becomes overwhelmed in the, in the battle itself. David. David, the giant killer, the David, the one that the, the women sing songs about that Saul has slain his thousands, David his ten thousand. I mean, David was a, an amazing warrior, an amazing warrior, anointed by God in a battle. And it says that he was in a battle against a giant, another giant named Ishbi Benob. Okay, now some of you, if you, you want to have children, think about that name. Okay, Ishbi Benob. Okay, now O Ishbi, Ishbi was a descendant of Anak, who was who was uh, when the when the children of Israel first went into to the promised land into the land of giants. It talked about the descendants of Anak, which were giants. Goliath was one of those descendants. Ishbi was also one of those descendants, probably in some way related to Goliath. Maybe uncle, cousin, who knows. But Ishbi sees his moment because David is weary. David is tired. He's overcome. He's discouraged. I don't know. But he, and he begins to battle against David. And David is not able to withstand him. And all of a sudden, the Scripture says that one of David's mighty warriors, mighty warriors named Abishai, came to his rescue, came to his side, and together they defeated the giant. Now, there are sometimes in our battles in life that we can defeat those giants all by ourselves, by the grace of God, by the power of God, we can, we can nail that giant, man. We can nail him right in the head with that stone. And it's, just, it's like, wow, man, I just, I, I defeated that thing. But there are other times in other battles that we're in that we can't do it by ourselves. It's impossible to do it by ourselves. And that's where, and that's the reason why we need warriors of encouragement. I want to tell you, there are people in the, in the fray of the battle right now and they're being overcome. They're being overwhelmed. People in this room right now, you're in the battle of finances. You don't know how in the world you're going to pay your bills. You're in a battle against health problems. You don't know how in the world you're going to ever feel better again, well again. 
you're in the battle against just the things. Life has not turned out the way you had thought or had hoped it would, and you're discouraged, and you feel like that you want to give up. You want to give in. And it makes a difference, people. I'll tell you, it makes a difference when someone like an Abishai sees that you're struggling and they come along beside you and they say, listen, let me encourage you. You're going to make it. It's only momentary. It's only for a short time. But I know God is going to is going to bring you through, and I'm going to stand with you, and I'm going to be there for you. And here, this is something I can give you right now to help you a little bit, whatever it is. I want to tell you, the difference it makes in lives, the difference it makes in lives. God does it so many different ways, through our deeds, through our acts, through our spoken words, through through the Word of God. He does it in all sorts of different ways. But he says this, he says in, Rome, in Romans 14, 19, he says, Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. He says, pursue, go after it, grab it, pursue it. Just in, in the Word of God, it talks about how it's pursuing the gifts, hungering, desiring, pursuing after the gifts in the same manner. It says we need to pursue after those things that we can edify one another, build each other up. It makes such a difference. It makes such a difference. Because one, one of the tactics the enemy uses in the midst of the battle is that he tries to strip away your courage. Now, think about it for a minute. Because it's our courage in the midst of battle, of our faith in God, our belief, are knowing that we're going to make it through. And it's many times, little by little, he'll use circumstances, things that didn't go what you, the way you thought it was going to go, accusation, condemnation, whatever it is. And he'll strip away your courage little by little, little by little, little by little. Until you get to a place that the very thing that you were meant for, the very thing that you're supposed to do, you have no courage to do it. You have no courage to do it. But it's amazing how five minutes of encouragement by someone who's the warrior that has come to you in the midst of your battle, and he brings or she brings an encouraging word. It's amazing, isn't it, the difference that it makes in our life. You've experienced it. I've experienced it. We've been on both ends of it where just that five minutes, that hand around the shoulder, that hug, whatever it is, that encouraging word, that whatever it may be, changes everything for you. And all of a sudden, you have courage yet again. Because encourage means to add courage. The enemy comes to discourage, which is to strip away, to take away courage out of your life. Paul wrote a letter to a young man named Timothy. In 2 Timothy 1, verse 6 and 7, it's the second letter that Paul wrote Timothy. Timothy was a pastor of the church of Ephesus, if you didn't know that. And um, he was a young man, young man. But he was in a great place of responsibility, and he began to lose courage about his ability to lead this church somehow. And the very gift that was in him to be able to do it was paralyzed because of fear. That's what fear does. When the enemy comes and takes courage off of you, robs it from you, strips it off of you, fear enters in, and it paralyzes us from doing the very thing. And he writes this encouraging word to Timothy in chapter 1, verse 6 or 7. He says, therefore, I remind you so apparently he has told him before. He has encouraged him before in this. He's told Tim, he's encouraged Timothy, Timothy, listen, you're a mighty leader. You're a great leader. Doesn't, don't look at your age, Timothy. Doesn't matter. What matters is the call of God upon your life. What matters is the, is the anointing upon your life. 
What matters is that God has called you to do this, has put you into this place of responsibility, and you're able to do it, Timothy. And you've got this gift upon you that, that is going to enable you to be successful. So it says that, therefore, I remind you again to stir up the gift of God, which is in you. When you lack courage, the very gift that you're supposed to take to encourage others, to minister to others, to help others, it becomes dormant on the inside of you. We've all have been in that place. That not only were you discouraged, but you can't help anybody else out either. And to you be able to you're able to be encouraged, and you could take and you could actually in one version it says fan into flame. Fan into flame, Timothy, this gift. But here it says, to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. There's four ways. Edward, I know I'm a little bit all over the place here this morning, buddy, but you're doing great. You may have to back up a couple of slides here. There's four ways that discourage manifests in our life. Just want to touch on this real quick. Four ways that discouragement manifests in our life. One, there we go. Thank you, Edward. Lies from the enemy that the promise that God has for you will never happen. He lies to you. You need to understand anything that you feel like that is of the enemy. It's a lie. It's a lie. Just think the opposite, okay? Because that's probably the word of God to you. But there are things today that many of us are holding on to a promise of God, a promise from his word, something that you've stepped out in because you told you feel like this is what God wants me to do. And the enemy has been accusing you and pouring lies into you. It's never going to happen. You're the wrong one. It's someone else. You'll never be able to do it. You'll fail. Listen, look how many times you've already failed. You're going to fail again, whatever it is. Lies, lies. And discouragement sets in. It strips courage from you when you receive those lies. Accusation and condemnation, as I said, is another one. The journey of your promise is not unfolding the way you thought it would. How many of you have ever experienced that? You started on a pathway. I know it's God. I know it's God. It's God. It's God. Man, I am blessed. I am blessed. You know, God has prepared this path for me. It's going to be so great going to be amazing, angels all over the place, all the way. Then all of a sudden, your journey takes an unexpected turn, and it's like, where did the angels go? You know, <laughs> what's, what's happened to my wonderful journey, <laughs> my pleasant journey? It's not too pleasant right now. And all of a sudden, we go, ah, I missed it. I know I missed it. I missed it. You didn't miss it. It's just part of the journey. It's just a part of the journey to build you up, to make you into the woman and man of God that God wants you to be. But it's many times we can get discouraged because it's not unfolding the way we think. And then just things get delayed. Because then we enter into the, that wonderful process that we all love called waiting. That wonderful process of delay. A wonderful process <laughs> that you've had all these words, all these things you've gained from the Bible, all these prophetic words that's now, 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 now. How many of you know that now to God may be 10 years? Because in God's perspective, now is like, well, it's 10 years, but it's now. I've had prophetic words over me that they say, God is doing this now. Yes. Yes, I, I agree. I agree. It has to do with money. Yes. I agree it is now. Woo. Now. Now. It's been 10 years. When there are things that God spoke over me when I, when I was a young man, young Christian, and I'm just seeing it now. Now, to God... 40 years or whatever, it's nothing. It's nothing. God's not held by time. 
We are. But I want to tell you that there are delays that will come, period of waiting, and the enemy steps in. Encouragement is so vital, guys. Oh, my gosh. It's so vital, so important. So important. And you know when you, when you respond to the Lord, when God says, I want you to go encourage this person here. And you do that and you see the difference in their eye, you know what it does. I want to share with you real quickly here five foundational keys of encouragement. I've got scripture to all of them, but I'm probably not going to read them. It's going to take too long. First, it's vital to the foundation of the church. It's vital to the foundation of the church. Paul in Romans chapter 1 is writing to church and he's saying, listen, I've got to come. I've got to come your way. It's found in verse 10 of chapter 1, 10 through 12. I've got to come your way because something is lacking within the foundation of this church and I've got to come and I've got to bring this spiritual gift to you. And he talks about encouragement. Talks about encouragement. Actually, the, the, the encouragement itself is one of the, yeah, Ed, we can put that up, one of, one of the ministry gifts. In Romans chapter 12, verse 8, it says, He who exhorts in exhortation. Talking about these are the gifts, so whatever your gift is, you need to be doing it. Goes on, it says, If your gift is in giving, then do it with liberality. If it's in leading, do it with diligence. If it's in mercy, do it with cheerfulness. But exhortation is just another form of encouragement. Usually exhortation brings some instruction with it. But it's still encouragement. So it's one of the ministry gifts. So sometimes when we think about living a powerful life, our mind is upon the signs and wonders and the power gifts and things like that, and that's what matters. Well, it's, it's wonderful. Those things are all wonderful. But I want to tell you, it's just as much a wonder when you're able to bring a timely word, an encouraging word into someone's life that's drowning, and all of a sudden they have hope again. That is just as much as a wonder of someone that's cured from cancer. You know, someone that's raised from the dead, whatever it is, it is just as much as a wonder. And somehow we think, well, that's not that you know, it's just something we do. We try to make people feel better. It's more than that. It's more than that. Also, it says in the Word of God in Second Thessalonians that encouragement needs to be continuous because we need it. You know, we, when I asked you to raise your hands this morning, how many of you, how many were encouraged this week by someone or something like that? Most of you raised your hand. You said, I, 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 I needed that. Let me ask you this. How many of you this week were encouragement to someone else? Let's be honest. If you, if you didn't have an opportunity, that's fine. Okay? Not as many hands. Well, it needs to be continuous, both in the receiving and the giving. Amen? I love this out of Second Thessalonians. It's in the amplified version, so it's a little bit longer, a little bit louder. Okay? <laughs> Because it's amplified, right? Right? Is that right, Seth? That's right. Okay, good, good. So, now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself, all right, it's coming from a good place, coming from a good person. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who's loved us, wow, that's good, and has given us everlasting comfort, wow. Wow. God has given you everlasting comfort. And encouragement and the good, which is well-founded, hope of salvation by His grace, comfort and encouragement and strengthen your hearts so that you keep them steadfast and on course in every good work and word. It says here, everlasting. goes on and goes on and goes on. We need to be operating, guys. I want to tell you. We need to be operating in this gift of encouragement every day. I want to encourage you. When you leave this church today, I don't know where you'll go. Some will go out to eat. Some will go home. Some will get home, call somebody or whatever. 
Ask God that you, that you can be a warrior of encouragement, that you can be a warrior of encouragement today. Amen. You'll be amazed. You will be amazed at what God will do, the door that he'll open for you. The other day I was going through McDonald's. Don't let, don't let Talia hear that, okay? I was going through McDonald's, okay? And <laughs> just to get some water, just to get some water from McDonald's, okay? And the young lady, she'd been probably there early in the morning, went by, no grins, no smiles, nothing. And I, and, uh, and I gave her my money, but I grabbed her hand at the same time. Now, you have to practice that, okay? All right. You got to practice that. But, but I'll tell you that it's a great move to do, okay? Because then it leads into prayer, all right? So I grabbed her hand and I said, honey, I said, you're having a rough morning. She said, I, yeah, I am. And I said, well, I'm just going to ask you that I believe God will bless you today. I believe God's got amazing things for you. And I just, a simple prayer. A simple prayer for her. I'm going to tell you, instantaneously, the countenance changed. The way she was changed instantaneously. That's how powerful encouragement is. How vital it is for you and I. To not only be able to receive it from people, but to be able to give it to people. Amen? Another reason why it is foundational for us is it says here, that is the, it's why we gather together. You were talking about that this morning, our tent. Why we get, or was it Manny? Okay, it was you, it was you. He said that we need to get together and we, so that we encourage one another. He says we need to do that, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. And last, the thing is that encouragement will keep your heart sensitive to God. Because when we get into a place of discouragement, we're angry. We get mad at God. We do things. We pull away. We isolate ourselves. We do all of these things because God's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. But I tell you, when you, when you are full of encouragement and you're giving encouragement and receiving encouragement, it says that it keeps your heart sensitive to the Lord. Hebrews 3, verse 12 and 13 says, See to it, brothers and sisters. I love how it starts out. See to it now, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily as long as it's called today so that none of you be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Let me just share with you very quickly here. You, you understand when I say very quickly what that means? Okay, good, good. Okay. Now I'm really trying to be quick here. How we can be a warrior of encouragement, okay? I'll tell you, this is a very simple sermon. It's not like, okay, wow, boy, that was deep. That was deep. It's a very simple sermon, but you know how many of us, we just need to be reminded of the simple things of the gospel, the simple things that are life-changing, the simple things that are transformational, the simple things that, that if we would do it, boy, our day would be a whole lot better. The simple things. Sometimes we go, man, I, I just want the deep stuff. Well, you don't even understand the deep stuff, you know. The things that the disciples reminded of one another constantly were the simple things. Forgive each other, okay? Just do that, all right? Just get over it and forgive that person, all right? Love that person. You say you love them? Well, if you're not meeting their needs, you don't love them. Simple things, okay? So this is simple. How, how to be a warrior of encouragement, okay? So I'm getting ready to tell you now how you can be a warrior, okay? Be encouraged by your own words. You're encouraged by your own spoken words. Allow it be prompted by the Holy Spirit. I love this in Isaiah 54, 50, verse 4. 
The sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. He wakens me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like one being instructed. Now, God didn't put that verse in there just to so, well, wasn't that nice? Thank you, God, for putting that word in there. But he put it in there so that we would listen to it and say, God, I want to be that person. I want to be the person that has a well-instructed tongue. I want to be the person that sustains the weary. I want to be the person every morning when I wake, I hear your voice. I hear you say, go do this, go do that. You need to remember, your words are powerful. It says in Proverbs 18, verse 21, they are life or they could be death. Your words to others will have great effect upon their lives. I love this. In Colossians 4, verse 5 and 6, I had not noticed this one in a long time. And so when I came across it yesterday as I was preparing the message, I thought, wow, this is so powerful. Colossians 4, verse 5 through 6 says this, Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of time. Let your speech, now listen to this, let your speech always be gracious or full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Now that's got a lot in it. Why did he write seasoned with salt? Was that Paul was just, he was a chef? You know, I don't, but there is a reason, there's a reason. You know, salt in their day preserved things. It preserved things from spoiling, getting rotten, whatever. He's saying this, he says, when you have an opportunity to come to someone and speak into their lives, he says, let it be full of grace. Let it be salted. Because the salt is going to preserve that which the Holy Spirit has already been doing in your life. Because how many of you, you know a word that is not seasoned with salt, that is not full of grace, what does it do? It spoils. It spoils. Even the things that God has been doing in your life, you, 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 you get discouraged and it spoils. He says, listen, let your words one to the other. Be full of grace, which is God's ability, not your own. God's ability to touch a life, not your own. But said, let it be seasoned with salt. So when you share that word, when you share that bit of knowledge, that encouragement to someone else, he says, he says, let it preserve. Let it preserve what the Holy Spirit has been doing in that person's life so that you don't spoil something. Don't spoil something. A few weeks back, we were in Joe War's life group few weeks back. This is a great testimony, and we'll be finished. There, there are actually other, several other things. We don't have time to go over it this morning that we can be encouraged. You, you encourage others by the Word of God. You encourage each other by deeds, acts that you do. Then you encourage one another by the testimony of your life, the testimony of your life. I love this in Acts. It's the very last scripture, <clears throat> Edward. Is there's a man named Joseph in the book of Acts that most, most of us would not recognize who he is by Joseph, but we recognize him by his other name. So Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas because it means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned bought, and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. Barnabas was such a man that lived out encouragement. He lived out the testimony of encouragement daily, continually. They changed his name. They changed his name. Isn't that amazing? They said, listen, we know your name is Joseph, but we like Barnabas because it tells us who you really are. You're a son of encouragement. Wherever you go, you encourage others. Wherever you go. And that's the thing, people. Wherever you go, wherever you go, be a warrior of encouragement. Because you're stepping into lives, you're stepping into battles where people are overwhelmed with life. They're overwhelmed with discouragement, and they need you. And your word can set them free. 
we were praying for Lonnie and Julie Schwartz at the, our life group at Joe's house because they were going out of town and they were traveling up to South Dakota and they were going to spend some time with their daughter, pick her up and they go out and she's, she's headed to Spain to, for almost a year to, to be a teacher there. And we were just praying for them and different people were encouraging them. And as they're praying, God gave me a word. And I turned to them and I said, listen, I said, God told me that your, your trip was going to be filled with divine appointments. But particularly, there is one divine appointment that you're going to meet someone, and I, I don't hardly ever do this, meet someone named Patricia. Okay? So just be alert. Be, be ready. Lonnie and Julie, come up here, please, if you would. And so, so we're all, we're all a little bit, they were gone for about a week and a half, almost two weeks. And so uh, we had our, had our life group this past week and I was wondering if they were going to be there because a little bit was like, I wonder what, what happened, you know, that, uh, I'm sure they, every rest area they went, every place they went, hey, hi, how you, are you Patricia? Are you Patricia? Yeah, okay. <laughs> they had just one of the, that Julie. You Patricia? Oh, you're not. Well, that's okay. I can pray for you anyway. And she prayed for him. But Patricia, now I, I don't know who, who she was or whatever, but this is the testimony. I want them to share it. Um, so, yeah, the whole, like, every rest area thing, that wasn't quite accurate, but there was one. <laughs> Well, that was kind. That kind of did happen. Uh, we stopped at a, a rest area. We were the whole family was kind of like on the lookout for Patricia, and um, so we were at a rest area. And um, I went to use the restroom, and some women caught my eye in there, and I was like listening, you know, like if they would say each other's names because I thought maybe one of them was Patricia. And finally, I was like, okay. Um, is one of you by any chance named Patricia? And they're like, no. <laughs> Do you like Patricia's? <laughs> like you're some weirdo. <laughs> and, but, so I was able to tell them, well, like our pastor told us, gave us this word about a Patricia and was able to ask them, you know, I didn't want to just walk away and not pray for them. So I, I did, I was like, is there anything that, that I could pray for you for? And, um, and that was actually really fun because the one woman had just gotten done doing treatments at the Mayo Clinic and um, so there was obvious things to pray for and then just some words that the Lord gave me. So Nani got prayed for, but no Patricia as of yet. So then uh, we went to our uh, place that we were staying at on Tuesday night. And um, the, the man's name was Wade. And he was t taking us down to where we were staying and showing us around kind of what, what the place was like and everything. And he mentioned um, something about his wife, Patricia. And we're like... And right at first, it kind of went over Julie's head. She kind of missed that first. But my daughter, Nisia, my oldest daughter, Nisia, was sitting there. And she's like, Patricia. And we were like, and he, and he was like, you know, wondering what, what's the deal here. And so we explained to him, again, what Doug had said at Life Group about Lady Patricia. And, and, and he said, well, we never, we never turned down prayer. And so we decided that at some point, we're going to be there two nights. At some point, we're going to pray for her. And so... Uh, well, the next day we had gone to um, town, and we were on our way back, and as we drove in, we saw them outside. They're, we hadn't met her yet, but her and Wade were outside working on the project they had going, and and so we we decided, well, we're going to stop. Just go ahead. We didn't want to miss the opportunity to pray for her, and so we went out and we were talking to him just talking about what they had going and everything and and we told and she, he had told her what we had said so she was kind of you know she seemed a little bit like not sure what to think about it or what and but she said she's got some allergies and she said that seems you know that seems she was kind of like that's kind of minor to pray for the allergies and anyway so we were just talking with and she said she did say then before we prayed for her she said well there are some other things she never really went into what those things were, but um, the kids got out of the van, and we gathered around her, and, and Julie was asking, you know, if she's okay, if she's 
hand on her shoulder and 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 she was fine with all that and, and her husband was standing right there too and they, Julie and Nasia and Kirsten, my other daughter, were the ones that actually prayed for her out loud, prayed for her. And just some things that they prayed were really ministering to her, and you could tell she was because she was crying, and it was really touching some places that, uh, especially when Nasia was praying for, her, she was just praying for some things that were broken to be bound up, and just and just the fact that um, that she was known, that that the Father know, knew her, and that He sent us all the way from Virginia. To minister to her um, was just was awesome. I think it was the fact that Jesus knew her name. I don't think she really. They were very, um, they were very like open people. I think just open spiritually, and I don't think that they necessarily really knew Jesus. But she was. You could tell that they believed that there was a, that that there was a God, and that, um, and I just it seemed so special I think that he said her name you know before we ever went there and just um, yeah that she wasn't forgotten in the things that she was struggling with um, so yeah that was it was just really special um, the, that time as a family to gather around um, her and, and they were just so sweet she was so grateful and um, just to look at Wade's eyes, like you could just see that he was blessed by the fact that his wife was being ministered to. And so there's just a real sweetness over them. And I believe that this is just the beginning of what Jesus is doing. That, um, And actually, I even maybe the beginning of a friendship um, with them. But um, so you would think that, you know, that's all enough. Like Jesus has ministered to her and that, that that's the end of it. And, um, but we, uh, before we left the next morning, I had a um, note card that I wanted to, I was thinking of some things I wished we had prayed over them, and, and had, I wished we had included her husband more. Anyway, so I had a blank note card, and I asked Tanner to draw a picture on the front of it. Um, what? Yeah, Tanner, Tanner's our son, for those who don't know. Um, I asked him to, to draw a sketch on the front, and inside was just, I had wrote blessing over their land and their property, just some things. And um, when he gave it back to me, he was like, he was going to draw a squirrel, but it didn't really, I don't know, he just wasn't feeling inspired. So he just drew two pine cones that were laying on the deck. And he was like, these are kind of sad pine cones. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so I like labeled them pine cones so they knew what they were <laughs> for sure. And it was just this funny thing. So we give them the, when we left, we gave them the card and then we you for me um and she came out they came out to tell us goodbye and um she she gave us several things she handed us a box of tissues and said that this was for all the people that we were going to make cry and then <laughs> and then and then she also handed us this little bottle of it has gold colored flux in it and inside it says the color of gold has long been a sign of royalty and is a symbol of both wealth and prosperity. To give someone a gift of a golden bottle is to wish them a future of wealth. And so she, without even really being in relationship with Jesus, was like handing these bottles of blessing to people. And um, anyways, it was just really special to us. And then she also handed us a card um, and asked us to give it to our pastor. And um, the, was there anything you wanted to add in there? Um, after she handed it to us and we said goodbye, drove away, um, the card, it wasn't sealed. It was like the, the flap was tucked in and there was a bolt at the back and I could see down in that it was another bottle of gold. And um, after we drove away, I was like, you know what? That is so crazy because at the same, the same prayer night, Cindy asked us to pray for breakthrough, for financial breakthrough. Now, how amazing is that, that Doug had Patricia's name to give to us. And, and we were sent by God to speak that to Patricia, the, the things that to speak to her heart, to pray over her. And she unknowingly sends a card to Doug, has no clue who Doug and Cindy are, or that they, in the same night that he spoke her name, 
that they were asking God for financial breakthrough. And what does Patricia send to them but a golden bottle speaking blessing over their finances and speaking wealth. And just the, the circle of that is amazing, like the detail that God had in that. Um, so we leave. Again, you would think it's over, right? We leave and we get a text that says, Nasia got a text and it said, can you come back? We have something for you. So we turned, we were like maybe five minutes away. We turned around and drove back and Wade came, they came out of the house and Wade was holding this. And he said, we opened the card that he said, who, who drew that picture on the card? And we said, Tanner did. And he said, well, I want him to have this because they opened the card and he said to Patricia, is that down there? And they were both thinking of this, um, cutout of a, and it's a, it's Wade made this. He drew it on the computer. It looks almost identical to the pine cones that Tanner drew on the sketch. And, um, so it was like this whole reciprocal blessing thing that God was doing. It was so significant to them that there were those two pine cones on, like, it's a simple thing, but it was so significant to them that they called us back to give us this of the identical pine or almost identical pine cones that Wade had made. And it was a blessing to Tanner because he thought they were sad pine cones that he was drawing. (laughs) And it was just a beautiful souvenir. So Wade gave this to Tanner. So that's Tanner's really cool souvenir from the whole amazing. That's great. As we, as we end this morning, I want to read you the card from Patricia. This is so powerful. Guys, many times God speaks to us and we just dismiss it. You know, that's just me. You know, I found that, listen, I'm not that bright. Yeah, to think of these things is God. And this is what Patricia wrote. She writes, thank you. I can't express to you how much your delivered word has refilled my heart with renewed faith. I was on a spiral going deep down, and I couldn't stop it. But somehow you listened to the greatest man up above, reached out with, the beautiful, with this beautiful family you sent. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. I fell from the spiral of giving up hope into the loving hands of love. Thank you, and God bless you all, Patricia. It's powerful. And here's the little bottle. Here we go. Really cool. Really cool. Yeah. Guys, encouragement is so powerful, and we need to desire to be warriors of encouragement. Let me ask you this morning as we get ready to leave. If you're here and you say, listen, I really have been going through a battle. I really have. Hasn't been easy. Maybe your battle started yesterday. I don't know. Maybe it started this morning. Maybe it started five minutes ago. I'm not sure. But if you feel like that you're engaging in a battle right now and you can feel little by little your courage has been being stripped away from you and you want it to end today, I want you to stand up right where you're at. Bill? Who else? Anybody else? Anybody else here? Thank you guys for being courageous. It's not an easy thing to stand up. Not an easy thing to stand up to say, hey, that's me. may look like I'm doing great, but not so. Yeah, that's me. Okay. I want you to see people who are standing, and I want you to be a warrior of encouragement right now. And I want you to get up, and I want you to go to them right now. Wherever they're at, I want you to surround them and say, listen, how can I pray for you this morning? How can I pray for you? How can I encourage you this morning? We have a couple right here, Caleb and Caleb, right? Caleb and 
Can somebody come? Gray, why don't you come to Caleb and his wife? Bob? Anybody else that you need a prayer and you don't, you don't have someone praying for you? We want to make sure everybody has a warrior of encouragement coming to them right now. Just to, just to say, hey, you're not alone. You're not alone. I'm standing with you. I love you. Care about you. And just pray as the Lord leads you. Pray as the Lord leads you right now. Father, we thank you that your Holy Spirit minister in our midst. The battle stopped now. Like the Lord said, the battle ends in this place right now. It ends right now. Father, thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, for pouring in strength, love, comfort, grace. Pouring it in right now in Jesus' name. Pour it in. It's shifting. It's shifting right now from a place of hopelessness, a place of discouragement, a place of weariness, a place of defeat, a place of condemnation, guilt. It's changing right now. Hope, hope is coming in. It's coming in. Sins are being forgiven. The blood of Jesus is covering people right now. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Pour out your spirit here. Pour out your spirit. Refreshing, refreshing. Speak refreshing over lives right now. Refreshing over lives. Hope, come forth in Jesus' name. Hope, come forth.
pray. Continue just to bless people. We're dismissed today. God bless you. Continue to minister one to the other. Encourage them. Give some good hugs. God bless you, okay? Yeah, you're not.